just that the, yeah is the lack of competition going to set the other teams other international teams not ours but you know tier two nations and some of the other tier one nations that are in europe especially italy um is it going to set them far far behind us you know like when when we you think, go brian because i I've, I've already talked about this so you you you, you talk when we think about how it was in the 90s, in the early 2000s, there was a massive gap. You know, you mm. talk, those nations were far, far behind. And they've, they've done well to close that gap. But this, you know, depending on how long this lasts, this could mm. maybe even further than it was before. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I guess it could do, eh? Like, uh, they haven't really thought too far beyond the season, but apart from, hey, when do we play the Springboks again and when do we play the English? But, but yeah, if you, if you're looking at teams, uh, I guess, uh, is that what you're asking? Just teams like Italy and, oh, yeah. Not just, not just teams like Italy, but, yeah, any, any team that's in and around the Italian sort of ranked maybe yeah. 12 in the world yeah. that, that isn't getting the game time. I'm talking USA and Canada as well. You yeah, know, the, the nations that have worked really, really hard to get where they yeah. are, and um, you're not going to get the game time against the big teams anymore because that's going to be reserved for against the big nations to play each other. What used to be a right now isn't a right. You know, we're not going to play South Africa's not going to play for two years basically since the last World Cup. Yeah, you're right. That that will go backwards. You definitely are they playing each other. Like, is the Curry Cup going ahead or? I don't think so. Yeah. Any game, but South Africa's they... got a. They put, South Africa hasn't committed to not playing anyone for two years, have they? No, I guess I guess we're not going to play for the rest of this season unless they do something with Europe. But they're, they're sprinkled with COVID as well, so um, I don't know what the story is with the Springboks. But now that they pulled out with the, the rugby championship, I guess when's the next time they play? Which I guess would be either Super Rugby yeah. or. But the next time they play international rugby is probably the same time the All Blacks would play again next year, which would effectively be, yeah, close to two years anyway. Too, that when South Africa won the World Cup, they were looking, because they were making sounds like they wanted to get out of the rugby championship. And the mm. reason why they wanted to do that was to join the Six Nations and to, to create a new competition there. Because that's where the money is. The money is in Europe. England, France, Japan. Like all the TV money, that's fucking big money. If South Africa wants a piece of that pie, they need to be playing in that competition. It's not like you can just send your players off to the Guinness Premiership and you get that TV deal. So I thought that when they pulled, when they were making noises of pulling out of this champion, rugby championship season, I thought that it might be a little bit of a sneaky thing where if we sort of piss these guys off or don't do this in good faith, then maybe it looks better to the uh, you know, the the IRB over there in England who, you know, they, they, they want to push more money our way, but they need us in their competition. So if, if they piss off the Sanzar unions enough, even though they're part of it, that they can just kind of, you know, when this all blows over, they can just kind of mosey on up, mosey on up to the, uh, the Northern Hemisphere teams and, and get themselves into that competition without any fuss. Mm. That, was, that was just a small conspiracy mm. theory of mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if they're looking for that money, the money is up there. It's not down here. The competition yeah. is down here. Yeah, it's a bit of a sad state of affairs, actually. Like, uh, I never was... Um, I've kind of become 
sport a bit of of super rugby. Um, and knew they needed a change, but that change wasn't, hey, get rid of South Africa. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what the change was, but I'll miss seeing the Springbok. I mean, it's not the Springboks that have – they haven't pulled out of the rugby championship, have they? It's just super rugby that's pulled out. But the international – I'm pretty sure the Springboks are staying in the rugby championship for now. Uh, they're, they're still going to be in the rugby championship, just not this year. Yeah, yeah. I think this may set a precedence for – yeah. You didn't try hard enough to, you know, to, to make it work or whatever. And yeah, yeah. I um. They wouldn't. I much rather would have seen this year. You know, it's been nice to play Aussie, but uh, there was something um, touted, uh, you know, before this started that uh, there's potentially a three ma- a three test match series against the Springboks um, over here. Um, and I much rather would have seen uh, a three test match series against the Springboks than you know eight other matches this year. Like if I had the choice, that's what I wanted to see: yeah. World Champions versus the All Blacks in a three test match series. Um, and we beat them in a, in a three test match series. And I, I really, really, I think that would have been exciting to see. Um, hey, I'm excited to see the All Blacks play Aussie, but uh, I think that's what's, I think that's what's missing nowadays is a three test match series. Just simply a three test match series, you know, means something. Yeah, it means something. Like, Rich, uh, it's always said to me that Richie McCaw never got the chance to play a three test match series in South Africa and beat South Africa. Hey, they beat South Africa plenty of times in the Tri Nations. Hey, one or two games over there, it was all good, but it was never the the Fitzpatrick um, moment of banging down, you know, hey, we, we've We've just beat South Africa the first time in history in a three-test match series over there. And I think it's really sad that Richie never got the chance to, to do that. Um, do yeah, they beat South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was, that was 24, 24 years ago, 96. Yep. yep. It was, you know, Marshall, Marshall sticking his arms up in the air celebrating. They were so yep. exhausted. Zinni, yep. They were so tired that Zenny. The, like the workhorse of the team was just dead on the ground, like just not moving. He was done. He just laid down and didn't yeah. want to get up. Yeah. Was that was a good game too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, why can't they do that again? It's, it's ridiculous that it's not. Obviously, it's TV rights and hey, we've signed this deal and et cetera, but ugh. <laughs> last, thing I'll, uh, last thing I'll just. Uh, say before before we sign this off is that uh one of the good things that i noticed was um and i I hadn't seen it but um you won't have it over there lucas but over here on sky they have um the sky player cam and they have like a a camera only on one player every every game and you can go to a certain channel if you want and you can just watch that and then they've got the, the 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 regular game in a small box in the corner of the screen and you're just watching the camera on this specific player, and I, I didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't seen that. But this week, the camera was on Caleb Clark. Last week, and you can go. To, what's that? Last week it was on Adi Savir, because um, oh yeah, All Blacks yeah. YouTube channel puts it up in a highlights form on their YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I watched Adi Savir one last week. You should, you should go on and you watch the um. What's the YouTube highlights of Caleb Clark? Not obviously. There's the there's the try and there's some bumping runs and he's bumping people off and there's amazing like footage on there. But 
One thing I hadn't noticed, and it wasn't on the on the main screen on the televised screen, was when Matt Tamua went down in the game and he was injured. Like he got, he kicked, he did a um, kick out. I think he um, uh, he did the kick the first time, and then he tried to make a tackle the second time, and that's when he went off. Oh, yeah, I might have been. I think it would have been when he went off, and um, he was he was crouched down and. Obviously, in a lot of pain, there was a trainer. There was a trainer there, sort of, um, you know, with with him. And Caleb Clark was on the wing, and they were going over to like a to a huddle, I think. And um, while he was down, and he walked over to Matt Tamua and put his hand on his shoulder and kind of gave him a, gave him a pat on the shoulder. And and um, I think that's a big, that's a pretty good show of class from from someone on debut who. You know, could have just walked, ignored it, and walked straight past them. And I also think it's a, probably a good reflection of Dave Rennie coming into the squad and turning mm. that from Michael Checker, where there's this level of like the Australian cricket team had, where there was a um, that level of sort of like a maybe, and the players probably, obviously, the players maybe not all on board with it, but there was a level of like arrogance sort of to them where. Oh no, we don't want to come into the sheds, and, and we haven't had that with Australia for a long time. And now it's all changed, and they're all having a beer with them in the sheds, and they're all sort of talking and taking photos with each other. And I think Adesanya, Israel Adesanya, was in there taking photos with them, and there was a whole. It was just a social kind of thing, which is, I think it's, I think that's kind of what the why so why rugby, especially in this country, and the club rugby is so so good because you know everyone talks about oh the, the game's so good because you can. You can run into each other and smash each other all day, and then go and have a shake, shake each other's hand, have a beer with them, and and talk about the game. And I think that's probably a pretty cool thing that's happening with New Zealand and Australia. It's good to see finally after like years of this, and 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 the Caleb Clark thing was just it was a nice touch, but it's a reflection of sort of what how how things are changing between the two countries. Good level of respect, though. Sportsmanship, yeah. yeah. Like we've always had good like sportsmanship, but also you know with that with being the most sought after brand, the most sought after team in the world, you know they want to beat us so bad that sometimes it feels like you know we get disrespected or they get disrespected. They feel as if they're disrespected, and then that sportsmanship kind of goes away. And I'm I'm glad to see it. Like I, I, don't, I don't like all this dirty play. I don't like people fucking pulling jerseys, like the whole TJ Perinara thing. And um, there was another one in the first half where one of our guys grabs us some headgear and then a dude grabs the back of his jersey. Like, it was a little bit stupid and and very unnecessary. Like, if you're, you're just... I'm, I'm, on, I'm on sort of that... Um, I'm on sort of a mix of that. Like, I, 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 I don't mind. Like, I think in that game, yeah, there was... I kind of... Personally, for me, I kind of enjoyed the niggle between uh, Perinara and, and uh, Nick White where there was, like, some talking and then Perinara bumped off Nick White along the sideline and kind of said, oh, got, sort of like I got I got you after, you know, you talk, you talk it up and then I kind of won that. I think the, and, and the, the, the start, the thing at the start, there was some pushing and shoving. Dane Coles was in there, obviously. I think there's a bit of, it's good, I think, during the game to have a little bit of that and a little bit of niggle and a little bit of, hey, come on. Um, yeah, but that's just me. I think it's good to see some of that in the game. But after afterwards, it's also good to see them shaking their hand, having a beer, rather than 
going different ways. Were you guys um, like throughout the game while while it was going on or before before the game, Brian? Just let's say to say that again. I must have cut out a little bit. Were you nervous during the game, like? Or did oh. you, you know how you, we always usually feel like, oh, this is about the time we'll turn it up and we'll kind yeah. of run it in the last 20. Were you nervous? Yeah. I, no, I, I think I always felt would come away with it, but not like, Liar. not the same, <laughs> not, 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 not the same as in the past. Like in the past, you know, over the, there was no worry at all. We could go behind at halftime and you'd still be pretty confident we'd win. Um, I think we're only... Obviously, we can... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I still felt we would win, but definitely not with the same type of confidence that we had in the days of, you know, just even, you know, the, the McCaw era um, where we could easily drop behind even with half an hour to go, 20 minutes to go, and still be pretty confident that we'd come away and win. I felt if we dropped, if we dropped behind on the scoreboard, at any point in the game, especially in the second half, we probably would lose it. Um, that's kind of how I feel about the team at the moment. You know, just because they're new, um, they, they don't, they haven't really been tested in, in really hard situations. But fair enough, you know, it's a new team. But that, that's kind of the stage where I think they're at. Hey, they did really, really well. Yeah. Um, but it's not that mature team that's gone through a whole lot of, uh, I guess, tough games to, to grind their way to wins. Um, and... I don't think even Henson's uh, last couple of years that uh, they had that team either. Um, if you recall, uh, um, the, the the game against the Springboks when Scott Barrett got sent off for the, yeah. the shot to the head, it was right before half time, and I remember you texted me straight away and you were like, "We're fucked." Just... <laughs> <laughs> and I think we may have still been ahead, or we were we're only just behind. Like the the game was still a contest at that time, and you were just like, "Nah, we're fucked." Like. <laughs> it, ru it ruins the game when someone gets sent off it just ruins the game but like i think like if someone gets sent off it changes the whole thing of the game the whole run so of the game especially mm. someone in the type five i mean yeah. scott barrett's he's he's no Brody retallick or no sam whitelock but he's a solid player he's got a big engine and he would have made a difference like there is no two ways about that I mean, yeah just don't have a player like that, fuck. You'd almost want to con consider a rule where instead of a red card, that person went off, was replaced by another player, but they gave away seven points, a penalty try. But it'd be interesting to give the captain the choice. Let's say a rule where, hey, this is a red card offence. Um, would you like this player to be sent off? Um, or... Would you like this player to be sent off and replaced with another player so they've still got 15 players but you get seven points for it? Or do they get sent off for 10 minutes? Like, you know, just that type of thing. Yeah. It'd be interesting to change that, change that up because um, I get the feeling that there'd be, it'd be even more painful for the person offending to give away uh, basically a penalty try. Yeah. Seven points. Can you imagine that in a tight chest match? Imagine if it was yeah. 15 points or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That means red card offences would take, you know, to that next level, especially if yeah. it's a close game. Yeah. Mm. What do you think of Graham Henry uh, calling out uh, 
Foster saying he wasn't the right man for the job and Dave Rennie should have, should have got the job. Bearing in mind, Graham Henry was on the panel. You know, he, was on the, he was on the selection he was panel. On, he was on the panel. <laughs> so it must show how much he thinks of Scott Robertson. Well, I didn't think Robertson was ready. He's only had you know a couple of seasons at, at, in top flight rugby and I didn't like him as a player. That's probably what it is, to be honest. I, I wasn't the hugest Scott Robertson fan when he was a player. So that may have been carryover from, for that. I'm sure he's a good coach, and he he gets the you know the, the added pressure of coaching Canterbury too, like he's coaching one of the better teams going around in in provincial rugby and in Super Rugby, you know over a long period of time Canterbury has been the best team. What? what? I will I will say this one thing for for Robinson, Blackadder, during his whole period they were pretty average, you know for for a Crusader team they didn't win anything. I think the closest they got, they made a final and lost to the Blues. Um, not to the Blues, sorry. The Waratahs. Um, but as soon as Blackadder left, bang, 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 they start winning and he brings in a whole big bunch of new players. And I guess bearing in mind, Blackadder had, um, you know, he had the, the McCaws, the Carters. You know, he had a pretty good, pretty good selection. Um, bearing in mind, I guess, at that stage, Richie was playing half season, so it was Carter. But... Um, I guess that's one thing I respect with Robertson. Boom, he came in, he, he breeded a whole lot of new players, and they won. They keep winning. Um, and he did some fucking breakdancing. Yeah. <laughs> well, breakdancing back to the rugby field. There's nothing one, quite... One, thing that's, one thing that's really good with um, with Robertson is that... Um, I'm, just, I'm just trying to look it up, which, which, which uh, team it was. Cause I can't remember. Maybe you, you guys know... But before he took over, um, before he took over the role of the coach for, for Canterbury, he had to, I think, I don't know if he'd applied for the role, and then, um, but basically he had to go and do a second division, like a, a second division. They asked him to go coach a second division team. Oh yeah, do a bit of it. And and sort of get, and get and get um, involved with them and see how he did with them, um, and then um, and then they would like you know obviously keep him in mind for other positions. And, I, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm just trying to look it up. I can't find it, which is really frustrating. But he, he coached the team in, um, like, it was like a, it wasn't, it wouldn't have been like North Canterbury or South Canterbury, but it was like one of those teams that he was, um, it was like, a, I can't remember the name of the town, but he was coaching in this, in this, in this, in this club rugby. Um, club rugby. Oh, yeah. And he had to go oh, and coach them and sort of prove himself. And I heard what he did was he went into the to the to the um, province, to the area, to the to the town, and he was um, he he got them all together, and he basically did a bunch of stuff with them in the community, and like got them all to know about really community focused, and got them involved with a bunch of stuff in the community, and said, and then so by then when it was game time, he could team talk to them and say, listen. See this community. See how much support you've got in this in this region. They're here for you, and yeah. they want and they want yeah. you to do well. So you got to do well for them. You know they're here to support you, and you're there. And and this team that he coached hadn't done very well, and they like they they dominated. And I think they won the division, and everyone was like, "Wow, this is unbelievable." And then and then he he kind of proved himself there, and I think he's and then he went to Canterbury. But I think he did a lot of. 
this was from an interview from like, uh, I think it was Wayne Smith was talking about it. And Wayne Smith had been following him and saying, hey, if you want to do this, then he was kind of in that board where picking him to, or not picking him or whatever to be the group Canterbury. Go, go and test yourself with these other teams and we'll see how you do. And he was kind of meant, acted like as a mentor for Robertson. And I mean, obviously Wayne Smith is like one of the best minds in the game. So pretty good mentor to have. And then, and then he went off and did this, but he used his own technique. And I think there's a real strength for Robinson mm. is that he has that. That's why the Crusaders, one, not why, but one of the reasons the Crusaders are so good is that he just brings that team environment and really like makes them bond, like really good at bonding the team together and, and, and getting them on the same page and making them realize why, like when you're a kid and you're playing rugby and you're doing it because it's fun, and then that kind of fades as you go through the divisions and professional sometimes that probably can fade, but he's really good at like instilling that back in the players and making it fun. Like it's, you know, it's a real fun thing to do, be doing and be doing this because you enjoy it rather than other things that creep into the game. That's awesome. I hadn't heard that story before. Love it. Like it's, it's that, that is a brilliant way to get into the community and, and really get your players to play for more than themselves. So good on you, Razor. Yeah. <laughs> all right, brothers. Well, thanks for the review. I appreciate all the all the input and the insight. And uh, we'll definitely be doing this again. Ah, uh, cool shit. Yeah, that was fun. Some, yeah, some nah. letting us on. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, mate. The next awesome. We'll be wanting to review that one. Yeah, keen. Definitely. All right. Thanks a lot, boys. We'll see you soon. All right. Sure, Lincoln. Thanks, Mac. Later, man. See you, bye.